Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to the FT Money Show. Brought to you by Investors Chronicle and FT Money. Hello and welcome to the FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent from FT Money and I'm here with my colleague Charlene Goff. Hello. Hello Charlene. And together we'll be bringing you the weekly financial lowdown in downloadable form. Um, So Charlene, what have we got in today's programme? Well, as share prices remain volatile, we're having a look at opportunities where you can profit from rising oil prices. We take a look at the legal and tax implications of how you write your will and some of the slightly uh, strange bequests that people make there. People actually have left assets to cats and dogs. Cats and dogs. Any other animals? Um, Monkeys, actually, as well, in a zoo. (laughs) Look forward to that item. (laughs) And in good news, bad news, we're focusing on fixed-rate savings. And uh, do remember that you can send us in your financial questions for us to answer by emailing us at ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. But first, this week's money news. And by now, I think everyone's pretty well aware of the subprime mortgage crisis in the US. But it seems that the resulting tightening of lending conditions is now affecting mainstream mortgages here in the UK. Um, Charlene, you've been looking at this. Uh, What's been happening over here? Well, I think we've seen a number of lenders sort of, like you say, tighten up on their criteria. And so far, um, mainstream borrowers, those people with with strong credit ratings, have escaped uh, actual interest rate rises. But it might be getting a little bit tougher for them to get take mortgages and loans out. And that's basically because banks and building societies are just taking their past credit ratings much more seriously now. If they've missed any payments, you know, they could really struggle to get sort of take out mortgages and loans um, more than they, they would have done just a few weeks ago. So they're using the, the credit reference agencies presumably to dig a little bit deeper into mortgage applicants' histories. Yeah, that's right. They, they're taking the information and little pointers such as maybe a mispayment on a mobile phone or something like that that previously would have just slipped through. Lenders wouldn't have taken much notice to it. They're, you know, These things are being taken much more seriously um, and any kind of small blemish like that could really prejudice your your chances of, of getting the kind of size of mortgage that you need. Are they being any stricter on things like uh, property valuations? Yep, that too. Um, we've seen over the last year or so kind of more lenders 
do sort of automated property valuations where they don't actually visit the property. They just compare prices of similar properties um, to, to formulate a value. There's and, the ones that are called drive-by valuations. Yeah, exactly. So they don't go into the property at all. They don't really look at the condition. So they can be... Uh, sometimes sort of mi- misrepresent the value of the property there and, and basically mortgage brokers think this kind of thing will happen less um, and to qualify you'll have to really have a bigger deposit um, so they're sort of only only um, on mortgages that are sort of lower risk to lenders that will they do that. And if you're going for a, say 100% loan as lots of first time buyers uh, have to do Nowadays, um, are lenders looking for guarantees of any sort? Yeah, most lenders are doing this slight, slightly sort of behind the scenes. But we have seen Leeds Building Society come out and say that it will only lend 100% of the property value if the borrower has a parent sort of backing up their payments. Also, people who are self-employed taking out sort of self-certified loans might have to sort of provide more proof of their income. Lenders are probably less uh, willing to sort of take their word for it. So the message is keep your credit history clean or get a guarantee or get all your earnings paperwork in order. Yeah, that's right. And we could see people who, um, you know, have only sort of done minor things wrong in the past really beginning to struggle a bit more to get credit. Okay, Charlene, we'll keep an eye on uh, this story in the weeks ahead. Thanks very much. Okay. Still to come in the programme, we look at some of the weird and wonderful bequests that people are making in their wills, and we look at the good and bad side of saving rates. But first, uh, investment strategy. Uh, We talked earlier about the subprime mortgage crisis having an effect on borrowers, but it's also taking its toll on UK share prices, with uh, banks and financial stocks, for example, weighing pretty heavily on the FTSE 100. But uh, Charlene, it's not just shares that you can trade on the stock market these days, is it? No, that's right. There's a a number of newly launched exchange-traded commodities that – a bit of a mouthful there – but these actually allow you to trade um, many things, including oil futures. They sound like a bit of a mouthful. They also sound a bit risky. Is that the case? Well, actually, they're they're a lot less uh, volatile than you might think. Oh, right. So if you were worried, for example, about bonds and equities, these might be an alternative? Well, I I think they could be. And to find out more, uh, Danny O'Sullivan of Investors Chronicle had a chat with Graham Tuckwell, who's the founder and chairman of ETF Securities. So, Graham, uh, what is an exchange-traded commodity, or ETC? It's a very simple way for investors to gain exposure to commodities without having to buy futures contracts and to be able to buy and sell the security just as they can any share on a stock exchange. And you can even put them in ISAs, I understand, as well. Yes, you can. Yeah. Now, your company, ETF Securities, has offered an ETC based on the spot price of oil for some time, but now you've brought something new to the market. Could you explain what that is? Yeah, the price of oil, most people think about it as the spot price, but in fact there are many prices because it refers to oil for delivery in a year's time, two years' time, three years' time, etc. And what uh, we're doing is for these longer-dated securities, we're pricing off December contracts that are one year out, two year out, three year out, etc. And to maintain the maturity of the investment, what we're doing is we're rolling from one December to another on a regular monthly basis. So in effect, someone buying a a one- or two- or three-year contract will be permanently long on the one-year, two-year or three-year oil contract? Correct, without them having to manage that position themselves. 
Okay, um, why would you want to be uh, long of the oil price in a year or two years' time rather than next week, for example? The spot price tends to be a lot more volatile than the longer-dated prices. To give you an example, if there was a problem with a refinery uh, shortage of oil, price might spike for a week or two until that refinery is fixed up, but that would tend to have little or no effect on the longer-term price of oil, which tends to work on much longer-term factors of demand and supply, which is why people would be buying these securities. So is this just a, pu- a punt on the oil price a couple of years out? It's one of the elements, but there are two other elements. One is called the collateral yield, the other called the rolled yield. The collateral yield is basically the interest we get on the money that investors give to us when they purchase the investment, and we pass that through, uh, capitalised into the price of the security. The other is the rolled yield. I mentioned earlier that what we effectively do is we sell a shorter-dated December contract and buy longer-dated December contracts each month, and if the price of of the first one is higher than the second one, which tends to be the case, then that makes money and that contributes to a positive roll yield. Yeah, the the, the roll yield is quite important in uh, futures contracts, and I understand that's the the case that normally the market is in so-called backwardation, which which does offer investors this roll yield. Yeah, it's quite technical, the shape of the forward curve, but that's correct. Sometimes it can be negative, sometimes positive, but generally it's declining and hence positive. That was Danny O'Sullivan talking to Graham Tuckwell of ETF Securities. Later we'll be hearing the good news and the bad news about fixed rates savings, but uh, before that, though, uh, wills. And uh, Charlene, uh, if I remember correctly, Leona Helmsley, the New York uh, tycoon, caused a bit of a, a bit of a stir with her will recently. Yeah, yeah, she actually died last last month and caused some sort of posthumous uproar when she left six million pounds in her will to her dog. And she's not the only one. We've seen a number of other sort of wealthy, eccentric types who, rather than uh, leaving their estate to their family or, or even to charity, they're just leaving it to their pets. But those pets include the monkeys you were talking about earlier. Yeah, actually, they, they weren't even pets. The monkeys were just in a, kept in a zoo. And that was got even stranger when not only were they left a fortune, but the, uh, the benefactor actually made her lawyer go and visit the monkeys in the zoo and read them the terms. Well, that's, uh, that, that's certainly providing a very comprehensive service <laughs> as, a, as a lawyer. Can these things really stand up in law? Well, to find out, uh, Ellen Kelleher from FT Money spoke to Paula James, a partner at Thomas Egger. Oh, hi. Is this Paula? It is. Hi, oh, hi. How are you? Okay, good. Paula, have Britons become more creative in setting up wheels in recent years? I think that they have become more creative. Um, I think they've had to become more creative because families have become more complicated with second marriages and children with different partners Um, and and consequently um, the need to provide for different groups of people in different ways. Um, So yes, I do think that people have had to become more creative when they're um, disposing of their property post-death. So is it common for people to go the route Leona Helmsley went and look to set aside money for animals? Well, I wouldn't say it's exactly common, but increasingly, um, for for various reasons, people will provide um, for animals in various ways. 
sometimes because they don't have children and, and sometimes people who don't have children very much look to their animals as if they were children, um, but sometimes almost as a way of, of punishing family members. In this country, one can't just leave property to animals, um, mainly for the reason that the animals can't bring court proceedings to enforce their legacy should it not appear. Um, but there are ways in which one can leave uh, money for the care and provision of animals. And how would you go about doing that? I suppose the most common way would be to leave a charitable legacy to, to an animal charity and request that they either rehome your animal or look after it for you. Another way is to leave a legacy to someone and request that they use the money to look after your pet after you're gone. Um, and I have also seen um, trust set up where again the money is actually left to a person and that person is under a wish expressed that that person should look after the animal so there's only a moral obligation um, but nevertheless in a happy family you would expect an, an obligation that would be honoured. So is it true that wills are more creative and they are more likely to be called into question? Well, particularly so if there's a family and the money is left in a different way. So the family may not have had any discussions with the deceased about the fact that the money's all going to the dog. And uh, as, as in the case he mentioned, might be quite upset that they're not actually inheriting from their parents. So we are increasingly seeing disputes over estates, even estates of quite small values, partly because families are more complicated and partly because people are more aware of what they can do post-death with their assets. And what are some of the disputes that you've seen in your time as a partner at Thomas Egger? Well, the disputes are, as, as you would expect, incredibly varied. Um, but we've had some disputes over large tracts of land which have effectively settled the parties. The children have come together and they've arranged um, how the land element of the estate should be divided up, but could not agree on small things like the garden tools in one case was the deal breaker in a settlement meeting that I attended. I've had another case where the family could not agree who was to have the various collections of fabrics that the deceased had collected over the years. Um, and another case where it was toys that were under dispute, not particularly valuable toys, but obviously toys that meant a great deal to the people involved in the dispute. So what sort of advice would you offer to someone who is looking to make an unusual request in a will? Any will that varies from the norm requires good legal advice before you start drafting it. And if it expressly excludes somebody who you would otherwise expect to benefit from a will or leaves them less than they might expect, then um, the testator, the will maker, should put a, a separate letter or statement with their will explaining exactly why they've chosen to do what they've done. Um, this wouldn't prevent a challenge later on, but it would go some way to being able to put before the court and, and the people involved what was in the willmaker's mind at the time he was making the will. It's almost as if he's able to give his own evidence after his death. That was Paula James of Thomas Egger.
And if you want to know more about wills and inheritance tax planning, look out for a couple of articles in next week's FT Money out on the 15th of September. And finally today, it's good news, bad news. So, Charlene, come on. Give me some give me some good news. <laughs> well, following um, the weeks of market volatility that, that we've had, a number of banks and building societies have actually been increasing their saving deposit accounts. And, and this has something to do with the fact that they are keen to get money in from consumers saving rather than go and borrow it themselves, which is proving uh, becoming more expensive. So we've seen a whole host of lenders or saving providers putting up their saving rates. Yeah, I saw some of these. Um I think it was at nationwide at 6.7% for a fixed rate yeah. uh, savings account. And then, the, then there was one, I think, earlier this week, the Derbyshire 6.85% fixed mm. for a year. And that's uh, obviously with um, base rates being held at 5.75. That's a significant premium. So well worth going into if you, have, if you can afford to. This sounds like really good news. I can't think of an instance where base rates are, are held, but savings rates go up. So where's the bad news in any of it? Well, well, like you said, um, most of the best rates are on fixed rate accounts. So they'll only give you that rate for a year, some maybe two years, but typically a year. And after that time is up, you can sort of be dumped into an account paying a lot less. So really, the message is just to keep an eye on, on your account. And when the initial period is up, make sure you know where your money is. Make sure it's good news all the way. Excellent, Charlene. Thanks very much indeed. And if you'd like to know any more about uh, savings rates, do visit ft.com forward slash money. Uh, And that's all for this week's FT Money Show. Remember that you can email your views and your questions to us at ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. And we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from our podcast producers, Blue Barracuda. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.